Would you open God's precious holy word to Proverbs 5? There are some passages that I would just as soon sit on the other side of that door and preach so that nobody could see my face while I preach. Let me tell you, and this is one of those passages. Bitter honey. That's the description in this Proverbs, in this Proverbs 5. That's the description of a seductress. An immoral woman. And sweet water. That's the wife of your youth. So there, it's, it's, you know, we went through the Song of Solomon some years back. That was embarrassing. But it's there. You have to, you know, I'm dedicated to doing the whole thing. This is a little embarrassing. And I have rosacea, which means that my face can flush very easily. So don't pay attention to my face turning red because this is a, there are a couple of places in here kind of graphic. Okay, now everybody can't wait till I get started. See, <laughs> come on, man, forget the introduction. Let's get to this stuff. This this is at least R-rated. Uh, so here we go. Bitter honey, sweet water, and of course it's what every man should teach his son. Right here we go. Beware of the wanton's wily words. Let's look at it. Verses 1 through 6. My son, hearken to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding. I had Mexican for lunch. I don't know if it had anything to do with it or not. But <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what that was. Uh, <laughs> just that happened when I just said incline your ear that happened right when I said my son hearken to my wisdom incline your ear to my understanding in my defense I have been warned about this area right here that we lose for some reason we okay to guard your thoughts or the or your your driven purpose in life this is a the, the Hebrew word speaks of your driven thoughts, your purpose. I mean, what's your purpose? Now, you have, to, you have to build this on top of everything else that we've studied in Proverbs. The principles of a peaceful and contented life. It continues here. If you have that kind of life... You understand the principles and the philosophy of being successful, which, which is to be interpreted as being a person who, who walks, through, walks the path of life in contentment, in peace, 
and prosperity. It doesn't mean that he's wealthy. It means that he understands the balances of things and he is able to lead a productive life. And according to what we've already studied, that brings the person honor and dignity in his life. And if he transgresses those things, well, the opposite is true. He brings dishonor to himself and his life spirals downward into a worse and worse mess. So thoughts or purpose to guard your thoughts or your purpose and your lips shall guard knowledge for the lips of a strange woman. Zara, Zara. It, it, it's, it's as easily interpreted. And I think I interpreted it later in another slide as an immoral woman. It is a woman who, to the one being addressed, is not the woman he should be with. Strange or, or immoral woman. For the lips of an immoral woman or a, or a strange woman drip honey. And her palate is smoother than oil. Okay. Palate. So it's a word that doesn't mean lips. It's, it's behind the lips. It's the gum, <laughs> the gums, the palate. So he, he has an interesting approach. Verse 4, but her end is as bitter as wormwood. Bitter honey. Wormwood is poisonous, by the way. It's not just bitter. A lot of it is poisonous. As sharp as a two-edged sword, her end, that means when this is over with you, she will have shredded your life. Her feet descend to death. Her steps lay hold of Sheol, translated, I guess, hell or the pit, maybe the grave. It's never a good thing. Lest you weigh the path of life, her paths are unstable and you do not know them. Now, this is the immoral woman, the strange woman. Any man knows how to identify this woman. Her approach, her purposes are not the right ones, the wrong ones. So then, beware of what she says and how she speaks and what comes from her mouth because she's leading you into poison and into the destruction of your life, shredded to pieces. And it ends in death. I suppose metaphorically that a, a man can suffer many deaths, not just physical death. 
of course, at the end, spiritual death. But he can suffer the death of his dignity, of his honor, of his, of his, of his marriage, of his family. Death. Her feet are leading you to death. Her steps. She has one foot in hell. Basically is what's said. Unstable paths and you don't know them. What's all of this about? There has to be a there has to be some kind of ulterior motive here, some kind of agenda. It's never right. It's always wrong. It's, it's, always, it's always evil. So beware the dire result of adultery. Now his, the audience of his instruction expands from his son to children. And now children hearken to me and do not turn away from the sayings of my mouth. Distance your way from her and do not draw near to the entrance of her house. Lest you give others your honor and your years to the cruel one. Lest strangers be filled with your wealth and your labors be in the house of a foreigner and you will mourn or groan or growl when your end comes and when your flesh and your body are consumed. The Hebrew word speaks, mourn, growl, it, it speaks, it speaks of an elderly, dissatisfied lion that's trying to growl not quite a growl, a little more of a groan as he makes his way to the end of his time. A lion is majestic in the, in the height and apex of his days, but then at the end of them, he's pathetic. So the comparison is made here to the ones who walk through the entrance of the open doors of the strange or immoral woman. Here's what happens. Let me go back over them to enumerate them. Here's what's going to happen to you if you don't distance yourself from her and walk right through her doors. Here's what's going to happen to you. You're going to lose your honor. Your years are going to be cruel to you. You're going to lose whatever you have to someone else, someone you don't even know. And all of your life's work will really be for the benefit of another person. And you'll be pathetic when your end comes and your flesh and your body are consumed. I know we live in a twisted culture today. The same people who exalt sexual misconduct on a social level and perverse behavior at the same time 
condemn it when it's especially when it's politically expedient some some guy 30 years ago whatever you know what I'm talking about so what happens to these people here it is he loses all of those things and you will say verse 12 and you will say how is it that I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof why was I given over to this path and I did not hearken to my instructors and to my teachers I did not incline my ear I was almost in total ruin in the midst of the congregation the assembly and here's what verse 14 means verse 14 is a term that references that most likely references legal action. A scorned husband drags this fellow into court before a congregation, before an assembly. So you see, having lost all of this other stuff, it still ain't over for him. There's still a price for him to pay. And then there's these rhetorical, parenthetical questions there. You're going to say, why? Why was I so stupid? So dumb? Why was I so blind? Why did I not listen and live my life in discipline? Remember where it says the fear, the, the fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom? We saw that way back in the beginning of Proverbs. Why didn't I fear the Lord and believe his word? But by the time he comes to that question within his life, he's in ruin. Now this is the instruction of a father to his son, to his children, to someone in authority who is teaching younger people how to be careful in the path of life. We've seen many things that have been taught. This is just the next thing in the instruction. Very sound instruction. Practice fidelity with joy. Now this is the part that I'm kind of dreading. But here we go, it's the word of God. Drink water from your own cistern and running water or sweet water from your own well. Now this is a reference, this whole section here from 15 through 20 is a reference, if you look at verse 18, to the wife of your youth, your wife. May your springs spread out streams of water in the streets and let them be yours alone and not for strangers with you. Hebraistically, that is a direct reference to male sexual vigor, I guess is the best way to say that. I'm not sure there's a good way to say it. Your, your fountain will be blessed and you will rejoice with the wife 
of your youth a lovely doe, a graceful female mountain goat. <laughs> you are my lovely female mountain goat. That doesn't take us anywhere, does it? <laughs> you had to have been there, I guess. Oh, King Solomon, he had a way with words, didn't he? Must have did something right. 300 wives, what, three, uh, 700 wives, 300 concubines? Or did everything wrong? A lovely, it's, it's supposed to be a sweet expression of loving submission. Well, here we go. Her breasts will satisfy you at all times. You will always be intoxicated with her love. Now the word, it's the third word over from the end. The word means lovemaking. I just couldn't bring myself to write it out like that. But you will always be intoxicated or enraptured with her lovemaking. Now why should you, my son, be intoxicated by an immoral woman? And embrace the bosom of a seductress. The contrast is a life of beautiful, passionate splendor that has the blessing of God. The flip side of that is all of the things that we saw earlier. Why would, you, why would you give this for what was seen in the previous slide? Why would you do that? Why be intoxicated by an immoral woman and embrace the bosom of a seductress? In these in these. Proverbs, sometimes the summary is presented in a positive fashion, sometimes in a negative fashion. This one, the conclusions, the conclusion of the summary is presented negatively. For man's ways are before Yahweh's eyes and he levels all of his paths. See, God's watching. God knows. What goes around comes around. God has set in motion laws of morality and laws of social justice, biblically based, of course, and they are always stronger than the world's laws. God has set these things in motion, and if you stray from or break those laws, Look at verse 22. His own iniquities will entrap the wicked man and he will be hanged with the ropes of his sin. You ever heard the old expression, give him enough rope, he'll hang himself? Well, that's what happens with the man who is entrapped, the wicked man. His sin, the ropes of his sin, hang him. He will die 
for lack of discipline or, or correction. And in the greatness of his folly, he goes astray. The greatness of his foolishness. The word folly or foolishness is used many times throughout Proverbs. But the emphasis on the greatness of foolishness is used just here and there, and it's used here. Such a man commits great foolishness. So entangling, so encumbering that it ruins it. You know, King David did what he did and it was sinful. It was terribly sinful. The prophet came to him and confronted him with his sin. Once confronted with his sin, David broke down confessed, repented. But still, the prophet said this to him. God has forgiven you of your sin, but you have given the enemies of God reason to rejoice and blaspheme his name. Did you know after that, if you read the whole story of David, he really didn't do anything great again. His his family fell apart and all kinds of problems. And against the backdrop of patriarchs in, in there and other kings even, David didn't live that long. He lived to be 70 years old. He died when he was 70. So God forgave him of his sin, but the consequences of his sin followed him all the rest of his life. And even, sadly, in some ways, spilled over into the life of Solomon. Okay, we're going to stop there and we'll have our deacon prayer time.